amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to... to wake up the studio band there a little bit. Well, today we're going to talk about songs of love and loss and the band that must not be named. Plus, we have a surprise guest. This is going to be a great show today in honor of Cesar Chavez. Today is the Cesar Chavez Day, so don't go away. Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America. It's Music Friday Live, brought to you by World Arts, a global stage for artists, fans in the music industry, and by MySanFelipeVacation.com for the time of your life on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. I have a little bit of a cold today, so every now and then you may hear me cough, although I'm going to try to hit the cough button whenever possible. But remember, our guests are here to talk with you, so you can call in 347-215-7511, or, or you can email us. You know, if you're at work and you can't call, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And right now, we have a surprise guest. Hi there. Surprise! Yeah. Hi. How are <laughs> it's you? Allison. Who it's is Allison this? Arietta. I just great, Allison, and I'm I'm so looking forward to Girls Rock LA tonight, and you're oh, headlining too. It's gonna be a magical night. I mean, these bands, these people, the arts, the, the I mean, the reason we're all getting together. Um, I, it's just, and in downtown LA, which I mean is very close to home for me, and and. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wonderful night, and I'm just really grateful that Halo Circus gets to be a part of it. I'm so so excited. Well, well, let's let's tell everybody about it. Uh, tonight is the seventh edition of Girls Rock LA, which is the Los Angeles uh, edition of the national organization Girls Rock. It's being held at the 333 Club. 333 Live, and that's at 333 Boylston Street in downtown L.A. Halo Circus is uh, headlining, but also we have Los Hollywood, great bilingual mm-hmm. rock and roll. We have Stars at Night and Canvas, and this is a gathering of people who speak all languages, who really love, love music, and I'm so glad you're going to be a part of it. So are we going to hear anything special from you tonight, Allison? Well, we're definitely going to hear some Spanish and, and English. I'll tell you that. Um, I heard you were you were uh, you were getting freshened freshened up on your Spanish. How 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 you doing with your Spanish? Uh, muy bien, muy bien. Um, muy bien. Yeah, muy bien. Uh, east, um, oh. Yo estudio español, pero mi español no tan bien. But it will get better. <laughs> I can understand you. And it's um when my, my parents used to say when I was growing up, sometimes my Spanish would be mocho, um which means like not so great because when you're learning English and Spanish you, it turns into Spanglish. But anyway, I mean look, this this whole night, uh for it to be um based on just culture um and uh and love for music and art um and in downtown LA I I'm I'm really I'm I'm just I'm honored and and Los Hollywood stars at night canvas I'm I'm a huge fan huge fan of all these bands um so I'm I'm really excited to to get to actually meet them in person and to to tell them how much I I just freaking love them um it's it's going to be wonderful 
Yeah, it is. And we should uh, remind everybody that doors open at 8 o'clock. Music starts at 9, you know, 8 and to 9. And it's free, right, from 8 to 9 if you get there? That's right. It's free from 8 to 9, and then after 9, it's yeah. only $10. So, it's you know, only it's, $10, uh, so come on. Yeah, you, you can't do better than this. So that's no. Girls Rock L.A., Headlining with Halo Circus and also Los Hollywood and Stars at Night and Canvas. It's at the 333 Live Club, and I want everybody to be there. Eight o'clock doors open, nine o'clock music. And if you get if you come tonight, you can meet Allison and also the rest of the band too. Allison, They're thank cool. you, cool. thank you so much for calling in, and um, we'll see you tonight and give you a big hug. I can't wait. Thank you, man. Looking forward Bye-bye to it. Now. We're going to take a quick break right now, and uh, we're going to introduce our affiliates. But first of all, I want to tell everybody about World Arts, which is one of our broadcast partners. Don't go away. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music. And we're back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host here of Music Friday Live, and welcoming all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and all the radio affiliates that they push our program out to, and also to the Artist Echoes Network in London, who are going to be hearing us uh, tonight in uh, on their network in London, England. So, uh, hi. Hi, London. If you have questions or comments for our guests, you can call in 347-215-7511. If you're, you know, at work and you can't call in, I got it. Uh, Or if you're listening to us on a podcast, send us an email, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. It's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you're on a podcast, you know, we'll forward it on to our, uh, our guests. And speaking of guests, speaking of guests, if you Google the phrase, all Asian rock band, the first name that comes up is The Slants, which is appropriate because they are the first and only all Asian American dance rock band in the world. Their fast tempo synth combined with melodic vocals of their lead singer have moved crowds in venues and cons throughout 22 national tours and seven albums, EPs, and mixtapes. Their music, in a word, is addictive. But there is another reason why the slants also topped the Google list. They have taken their fight for the rights of minority communities all the way to the United States Supreme Court. The case is Lee versus Tam, which argues that they have a right to name themselves the slants. <laughs> who, who knows you have to go to court for that? Well, the case is now pending, which is why they're also known, at least for now, as the band that must not be named. And we are so proud to have the Tam of Lee versus Tam with us today, the founder of the Slant, Simon Tam. Welcome, Simon. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, every everyone wants to hear about the lawsuit, but, um, you know, and where it is and all that. But first, let's talk a little bit about music. I mean, after all, you are a musician and we are a, a, uh, a music program. So, I understand that you spent two years assembling this band. Now, that tells me you were looking for something very special. How would you describe what you were looking for when you put the slants together? Well, number one, I wanted to find a group of musicians who like, had direct experience or a, a understanding of the perspective of like what it's like to be an Asian American in this country. Uh, but number two, I wanted people with some solid chops like they needed to be able to play the music and have some experience on stage i didn't want to kind of start from scratch uh in in terms of like assembling a group where i had to teach him how to play music or teach him how to perform Uh, so it made it a little more challenging because i needed to find experienced musicians who were of asian descent or understood the culture 
And I was doing it in Portland, Oregon, which is often known as America's whitest city. So it took a little <laughs> bit uh, before we could kind of – everything could line up for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, it, it was – a fascinating journey because when I remember when I was looking for musicians and I kind of posted ads and talked about um, what what I was doing, um, sometimes I would get calls or emails from people who were really upset, uh, saying I was racist because I wanted to find people who were Asian to join my band. Um, it, it was like they were upset that they couldn't join. Uh, if they weren't Asian or didn't understand what I was trying to do, which which is just really funny because I, I kind of responded. I would say, well, hey, um, are all girl bands, are they sexist for excluding men? And they'd be like, no, that's different. It, it was just like very apparent that people didn't really quite grasp it. They couldn't understand it. And I think because there was there weren't any other examples out there, like they they just couldn't really comprehend what that would be like to have an actual all-Asian band. And now you have an all Asian band, and you know that this this conversation reminds me of the of the conversation that went on when uh, Scarlett Johansson was was chosen as the star of the manga based movie that just came out, The Ghost of the Shell. You know, yeah. so it it works different ways. Well, let's uh, let's give our audience an idea of the sound that you were looking for. This is the song "Endlessly Falling" from your new EP, The Band That Must Not Be Named. I chose that song first because it, it's a, to me, it's a very good example of the band's separate instrumental power and chops and also its vocal sounds. And, and you really nicely mixed sort of a smooth melodic vocal with high energy guitars and almost, but not quite a punk wall of sound. Um, and I love the sophisticated dr- drumming you got back there too. So uh, is can can you give us a little bit more of of what you were looking for in the sound and why that it, and is this it now? I think we're getting there. I, I think we're probably still finding it out because this is a fairly new lineup. Um, you know, we actually did used to have much more of like a kind of punk swagger to our music, but uh, over the last year we decided we want to switch and have something that was much more pop centric, still have that same kind of attitude and energy where it's kind of driving, but at the same time, we wanted it to be catchy. We wanted like great hooks in terms of the melodies and the vocals, uh, something that people could really kind of sing along with. And so uh, Endlessly Following, I think, is a good example of like how our sound is evolving into that. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I uh, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your fans actually call your music uh, Chinatown dance music. And uh, Yeah, uh, Chinatown dance rock. Uh, is that is and it's definitely uh, danceable, uh, but I think that uh, it actually goes beyond uh, uh, just the danceable beats because it also delivers a message. I want to play a little bit of um, from the heart here. Sorry if I know it's too sharp. Sorry if I voice is too raw. Don't make the pen a weapon and censor our intelligence until I've cost me nothing at all. Sorry if you take offense You made a fool to play pretend You know you'd be a change to something so strange But nothing's gonna get in our way There's no room For your best 
Okay. Uh, now, if you listen carefully to the lyrics there, there was some message, and I want to read some of the lyrics too. No, we won't remain silent. No, it's our defining moment. We sing from the heart. We sing from the heart. No, we won't be complacent. No, it's a rock and roll nation. We sing from the heart. We sing from the heart. Now, I understand that was a reference to hashtag um, Act to Change, um, the the bullying uh, um, anti-bullying organization. Is that right? We well, we actually wrote the song before then, um, but in December of last year, the White House emailed us uh, saying, "Hey, because you guys are cha- uh, champions of the Asian American community, would you be willing to?" Let us use a song for for this compilation album with Barack and Michelle Obama, uh, wow. Jeremy Lin, George Takei, all these people. Ooh. And so, of course, we we said, yeah. I mean, we're we're very passionate about fighting oppression, and using our music to do so. And so that's why we actually have that. But the um, the song itself is more like an open letter to the trademark office and people who have kind of who who don't like our name, who don't like what we're trying to do with what we're doing. Okay. And now in that song, you, you say it's a rock and roll nation. Now, how, how does that affect your, your, your message and your activism or lack of it? Well, I, <laughs> I think it's just kind of like a little bit of reference of like uh, America is like, you know, this is the birthplace of rock and roll and uh, uh, things that were a little bit more edgy. But because of that, like we know that arts and activism go hand in hand, and this is why it's so critical to protect things like free speech because like this is the kind of country we've built, and these are our values, and we need to honor those values. And for us, that, that, that of course is a message to the trademark office like, yes, you should allow us to register our band's trademark, and like we're going to fight for it because that's, that's rock and roll. Like that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Yay, okay. Well, um, have you and the, the band always been on the front lines of uh, standing up for marginalized communities? Uh, I would say it's, it hasn't always been that way. Like we, when we first started this band, I just wanted it to be about representation because there's such a lack of Asian Americans in entertainment. But quickly after we started, we, we started getting these like handwritten letters and emails from Asian American youth just thanking us for existing, like saying like, thank you for showing me this is possible. And from that moment on, I realized that it was really important for us to exist, that it was, that it was significant. Whether we liked it or not, we would be kind of considered role models. And so we wanted to use that platform to do more than just deliver great music. We wanted to be able to talk about important social issues that were like near to our hearts as well. Well, you do that both in the words and, and in the music. Um, the lyrics of that song are in your face, but they're they're oppositional. They're determined. But the music is also oppositional and determined. There, there's no retreat in that music. There's no break. The vocals just rise and they level off and they rise again another notch. And even the breakdown with the guitar solo, it keeps the pressure on. And when you write songs like that, do you deliberately arrange them to keep the pressure on to make the dancers think while they're moving? <laughs> um, no, I think it, it, it just a lot of times we write music first. Um, usually me or the guitarist will kind of begin with uh, some kind of guitar hook or riff. And we just kind of layer on the, the kind of the vocals or the lyrics as we as we just think about the motion or tenor of the song, and so it, it just kind of naturally erupts. It's not necessarily to think like, okay, we're going to have people, you know, think about racial identity and cultural dynamics. Well, it's just like, no, this is what we want to say. This is what's coming from our heart, um, okay. and so that's kind well, of how, how the yeah. <laughs> I, well, hey, it makes it makes us sound way more sophisticated than we are. But. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Simon Tam of the Slants about their music, their tour, and in a moment, their case before the Supreme Court. You can talk with them, too. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email us, and several of you have already emailed us, and we'll get to those emails in a, in a few minutes. Uh, you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Okay, let's let's talk about the Supreme Court. Um, 
I know you have probably explained this and told you can do it in your sleep, but for the, you know, the half dozen listeners out there in the country who are not familiar with Lee versus Tam, what is it? Why did you sue the, the, the trademark office and where does the case stand now? So Lee versus Tam is our case that's pending before the Supreme Court right now. It originally started about eight years ago when I was recommended to file an application to register our band's trademark. It's something that's really common for bands to do, uh, not only to protect your merchandising rights and making sure that you know that venues aren't selling tickets to the wrong band, uh, but it's also important if you want to get things like sync licensing agreements or to sign on a record label. Um, we applied uh, after going through a couple of major national tours and after really making sure our name was established, but the trademark office rejected our application. They said that um, they rejected it on the basis of the slants being a racial slur or being derogatory towards Asians, even though we're all Asian and we use the term in this kind of reappropriated, self-empowering kind of way. And even though um, out of the hundreds and hundreds of events we've done, we've never received a formal complaint by anyone who had issue with our name. Um, so we decided to challenge that, and we appealed uh, through numerous courts, uh, finally get, getting to something called the Federal Circuit, which is right below the Supreme Court. And in that court, we won. Nine out of 12 federal judges said that what the trademark office is doing actually violated our First Amendment rights. They're abridging those rights, and that the law they're using was outdated and needed to go. Even the judges who disagreed with that position agreed that we should have our trademark, that the trademark office is wrong. Um, they, yeah, so that was fantastic, a huge win, like a landmark victory, one of the biggest um, intellectual property cases of 2015. The trademark office didn't like that decision, so they decided to defy federal court orders for, for a number of months, and then they finally appealed to the Supreme Court which took it up, and that's where we were in January to, to listen to it. And, and then so, this, was, this was last year during um, the Obama what, administration. Yeah. yeah was, and President Obama had invited you to be on the album with him. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I guess we, the courts we, didn't notice that. <laughs> no. Uh, and the, the funny thing is that the – We've actually been doing work for the government for a while. Uh, we spent our holidays overseas performing for troops uh, who were serving because the Department of Defense wanted us to do more Asian American cultural outreach to soldiers. We've played for federal prisons, for senators, for diplomats visiting from China, Korea, and Japan. Um, all the while, while the trademark office is saying, oh, no, you're actually racist towards Asian people. Um, even though they could not find a single Asian American who was offended by our name. The only, the only evidence they had was using UrbanDictionary.com, so like a wiki joke oh, yeah. site, and then uh, using photographs of Miley Cyrus pulling her eyes back in an offensive gesture. Oh, that, that's no. what so they based their entire case off of this. And even mm – -hmm. um, well, I, I actually went to the Supreme Court in person to – to hear these arguments unfold. And uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even when, when she's questioning the government attorney, uh, she said, doesn't it matter that everybody knows that the slants are Asian and what they're doing is you know, actually removing the sting from the word? And the only thing that the guy could reply with was, well, we found some articles on the internet. Oh, I mean, God. it was just so so absurd because like, you know, you can't, you can't even like write a, junior high school report using Wikipedia nowadays, and yeah. yet the Department of Justice and the tr U.S. Trademark Office is doing so in our case. Uh, well, it sounds like you're going to win. We've got some emails here I want to I get to, um, more music-oriented, actually. But uh, like I say, it sounds like you're, you're going to win this one. <clears throat> um, Willie in San Francisco wants to know, um, will we ever see you play up in San Francisco? You got anything planned? Yeah, we're actually playing there um, this Sunday, April 2nd, uh, in Oakland, actually, at, the, at a venue called The New Parish. Uh, 
So we're playing with our friends, uh, the new up and a singer songwriter named go Nakamura. And so that's Sunday uh, evening. Okay. Got that. Willie, you should be there. A Ramona in Whittier wants to know if you ever team up with singers from China, like uh, Lu Qi and Tian Zin, who I don't know, but do you ever sing up Chinese singers from China? Uh, we, we haven't yet. Most of the acts we've worked with that, that kind of come from overseas have been performing live with them, and those are usually bands touring from Japan. Although we did do a tour across Asia uh, last year. We, we toured the island of Taiwan and did this major like Southeast Asian uh, music festival for a couple of days on the beach, which was Ooh. absolutely incredible. I'll bet. Um, Thomas in uh, Seattle wants to know how you avoided being a grunge band. <laughs> uh, maybe it helps that I was born and raised in San Diego. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we are we yeah, are but, about to run out of time, but I wanted to play a little bit of "Fight Back," and uh, so our audience can hear that uh, that side of you. Here it comes. from the band that must not be named. I love the in- intro there. Those first fruit, uh, four bars, um, is that a synth or did you pluck a violin and then loop it? That, that was a synth that I um, programmed. I just kind of had this idea in my mind um, to, to kind of start off with this kind of like gentle thing that would kind of re- reoccur throughout the song. Um, oh. But the, the very, very like beginning actually didn't happen until maybe the day before, like when we were in the studio and we were just like, oh, we need to rearrange the song. So I thought, hey, maybe if we tried this little thing and it, and it ended up working out pretty well. Uh, we've got about 20 emails here who, who want to know if you played your music for the Supreme Court. No, unfortunately, they didn't let us do that. But we did um, do a song like on the steps of the Supreme Court uh, during the week when we were in D.C., and so th- there's a video of that on online. And, and actually, for folks who are interested, we did a couple of video blogs from, from our time in Washington, D.C. while at the Supreme Court. It's, it's kind of funny because most of the time when I was there, I, I spent on the phone doing interviews or <laughs> doing emails. I had like 21,000 calls uh, in eight days. So a lot of the video blog is that or kind of portions of us running around. But uh, But it was – such an incredible experience and um yeah but perhaps Uh, we're we're going back to dc so maybe we'll maybe we'll stop by the court and do a song (laughs) of course you probably can't send copies of the cds to the judges because that would be considered bribing a judge i suppose yeah maybe afterwards after they let us win (laughs) after, after you win well well we are out of time um which means we're not going to be able to play level up so all of our listeners need to go listen to you on Spotify or Pandora or better yet, buy your albums. <laughs> um, so yeah. The only, hear. the new EP is only five bucks and you can get that on iTunes, CD baby, or, um, you know, in, in, in a, at any of our shows, we're going to be on the road for the next six weeks. We got um, almost 60 appearances. So you can wow. go to the slamp.com and, and see where we're going to be. Now you've got a, a a gig tonight in Portland, don't you? Yeah, we'll kick off the tour tonight, so in about yeah. uh, like eight, eight or nine hours. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thanks so much for uh, for spending the time with us uh, be- before you do that. And uh, let no one say Asians can't rock because you guys do. Thank you so much for joining us today, Simon. 
Oh, thank you for having me. This is Simon Tam of the band The Slants, or the band that uh, must not be named. Follow them at www.theslants.com. Check out their videos on YouTube and also that video blog from the Supreme Court. Stream their music on Spotify or Pandora. Listen on iHeartRadio. These guys are everywhere. Better yet, however, buy the tracks on their discography page on their website. And don't forget the tour. It starts tonight in Portland at the Analog Theater. They're going to be all over the place. They're going to be down in San Diego, April 2nd. So you have plenty of opportunity to see them. We're going to take a break right now. And when we return, the magical music of Gail Skidmore. Don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this. But first, but first, let's take a little trip to Mexico. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.MySanFelipeVacation.com. See you in San Felipe. Now, see you in, in San Felipe, too. If you're in Southern California or Arizona, there is a fabulous vacation waiting for you, only a half day's drive away in San Felipe on the on Mexico's Sea of Cortez. You can golf, you can swim, you can take the family clanning, you can tour galleries, you can dine on Mexico's finest seafood or even fly in ultralight. And you can do all of that. You can do all of that while staying in a luxury condo, a budget studio apartment, or even a private sandcastle in the dunes. The key to all this is MySanFelipeVacation.com. That's MySanFelipeVacation.com. It's a place for accommodations in San Felipe, La Hacienda Beach, and even the mountainside homes in stunning El Dorado Ranch. So for a getaway weekend or a week's escape, go to MySanFelipeVacation.com. And best of all, if you put in the code MFLA5, that's MFLA5, you get a 5% discount. Remember, that's MySanFelipeVacation.com. The discount code is MFLA5. You'll be glad you did. Gail Skidmore is a balancing act. She sings in the line between artistry and accessibility, between heartbreak and loss, between now and nostalgia, between what is and what could fantastically be. She's classically trained on the piano from the age of four. She's a songwriter since the age of eight. Her songs are at once old and lived in and young and dreamy. She tours, records, and plays over 20 instruments, often crammed in her little car while she races from concert to concert. But somehow she finds time to make origami and bake cookies for her fans. And along the way, she has written over 2,000 songs, recorded 20 albums, each one an unforgettable emotional undertaking. She's open for Jason Mraz, Lisa Loeb, Steve Martin, Sarah Watkins, Sam Phillips. She shared the stage with similar lights. She's ready to release her first full-length vinyl album, The Golden West, which leaves many ghosts behind, but also surfaces some memories that probably won't ever leave. Gail Skidmore. I have been listening to your songs all week, and let me say it's an honor to finally talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. Gail, um, I know that, that you're on tour now with a show coming up next week in San Diego, but you actually live in Amsterdam. So what took you to Holland from sunny San Diego? I followed my heart to Holland. I got married in August okay. to a Dutch man. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Um, well, the album, The Golden West, and we'll get to why that title later, is deeper and more poetic than the songs of, say, the album Sleeping Bear or Make Believe. You've said that you wrote it 
to exercise ghost and you finished it a week before your wedding, did the ghost need um, um, excising before you got married? (laughs) Well, I think that it's good to just be reflective before you get married and acknowledge what you need to leave behind and what you want to take with you. So, sure. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, this album does it. Let's hear a little bit of it. I want to play uh, Pale Ghosts. training certainly shows there but what what really struck me there is your voice and the whistling is that you whistling yes it is i get that from my grandpa on my mom's side oh that that, that that's quite a skill i mean i can't do that <laughs> you have to I learn had to work that on and, it. yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. i worked on it for a long time <laughs> <laughs> well now you've given me a new challenge as soon as i get over my cold <laughs> um, right. when the uh, was the writing and the recording of that uh, cathartic? I mean, did it close doors so you could open new ones? Yeah, I really find that songs like that that are about something like deeply personal, emotional, it really helps to move forward if I can, you know, get the song out the way that I hoped to record it and kind of get to release something with that. Um, where did the title The Golden West come from? That came from the song. It's the third song on the album, and it was the first single. And it's a song about leaving things behind. And it, I left things behind both emotionally and physically with this album with the move and just kind of recording all of these songs and getting them out there. Yeah, that's, uh, moving from San Diego to, to Amsterdam is uh, you leave some yeah. things behind, like sunshine. There isn't a, yeah, there isn't any sun there. <laughs> no, I, oh, come on. It's I've been to Amsterdam like Seattle. for days. <laughs> oh yeah, here, here and there. <clears throat> um, well, the Golden West is going to be your twentieth indie release. Now, I know that three or four years ago, you had a meeting with a label executive who turned out to be more misogynistic than musical. Did, did that experience convince you to stay indie? It was one of several experiences that convinced me to stay indie. Unfortunately, several of those experiences were similar to that one and pretty negative. Um, It's tough being a woman in the industry. I mean, it's just a tough industry for everybody, but I think women in the industry get targeted. I don't know what the rate is compared to men being targeted, but. uh, (laughs) Probably depends um, on the city you're in. Yeah, I think it probably does. But unfortunately I had some weird experiences with people who really just didn't care about my music or my art. They just wanted to get whatever they wanted out of it. And yeah. I really want to keep creating and doing things the way that I want to do them. So I'm an artist, you know, like artists don't want people telling them how to <laughs> carve their sculptures or how to write a song. It's just never been my journey. So that helped me to remember that I I want to be independent and do my songs the way that I think they should be done. Well, you know, if, 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 if you're in L.A. tonight, you could uh, attend Girls Rock L.A. and see a celebration of women in music, all of whom are indie and all of – no, not actually not all of whom are indie. So just keep that in mind, all right? There is a, there's a <laughs> national organization here in the United nice. States called Girls Rock that uh, tries to take care of those problems. 
Well, I love that. That's great. Yay. So come on up and see us. Uh, so. Now, the album took a, uh, a while to assemble. It took you a year, four cities and four producers. Is, is that sort of normal for you? Um, or was No. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> not normal. Um, I started the project. I did most of the project with James Book. He is the marketing director at Ninkasi Brewing in Eugene, Oregon. And um, we originally wanted to do an EP, and then we just got a little bit ambitious and did 10 songs instead. And so he and I worked together at Nincasi Studios and then down at Rancho de la Luna. But we just didn't get everything done, and we just ran out of time. So I had to go elsewhere to finish the record. But James and I did most of the album together. Okay. All right. Well, it certainly paid off. I, I want to play another song. This is... Uh... Only Ever You, and it's my favorite song on the album. Did it come easy? Mm, no. <laughs> that was a tough one for me to write. I lost someone really close to me, and that was a song that I worked on for quite a while. So. Uh, you um, uh, you have uh, Dave Ketching on playing guitar on that song. And, and for those who don't know, Dave is a touring member of the Eagles of Death Metal. Um, you don't strike me as a death metal girl. How, how did that happen? <laughs> I love that band. Um, Dave is actually a friend of James Book from Ninkasi, and they set up that recording session with me and with Vocab Company, which is another San Diego band, they're hip-hop, and then Haunted Summer, which is another of the Ninkasi artists. So we all went out to the desert together and recorded parts of our albums there, and Dave just felt inspired by the song and sat down and started playing and asked if he could play on the song. I was like, wow. yes, absolutely. Cause I'm a big fan. It was really cool. Was, and you just jogged something in my memory. Dave's the, the, the founder of, of that studio, isn't he? Of the Rancho yeah. de la Luna. Yeah. That's okay. Studio. <laughs> so you were, you were out there and for the, our, our listeners across the country who don't know, uh, Rancho de la Luna um, is in Joshua Tree National Monument, or actually just sort of outside of it. There's a little music community there, and some studios there. Um, I've never been to the studio. I've been to Joshua Tree many times, which is a hauntingly beautiful place. What was it like to record out there in Joshua Tree? It was very inspiring. I mean, there's so much history in that studio, and there were so many quirky little instruments around and Dave just kind of let us have reign of the studio for a bit and just experiment with everything in there. And it's just like beautiful sunsets and just a great place and to hang out and wild cactus dream. and gorgeous yeah. rocks. Yeah, it really is. So it was very inspiring. I, I recommend all my, my uh, listeners on the East Coast that you, you Google Joshua Tree National Monument and you'll, you'll see where she was when she made this. And meanwhile, let me just remind everybody, we're talking with Gail Skidmore, and you can talk with her too. You can call in 347-215-7511 or we're getting email. So you can email uh, Music Friday, 
live at gmail.com. And, and real quick, why don't we just read you some of these emails here? Alejandro in Los Angeles. And uh, oh, Alejandro wants to know if you won the NPR Tiny Desk concert. Were you competing for the NPR Tiny Desk? And did you win? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've competed twice, and no, I didn't win, but I had fun doing it. Oh, too bad. All right. Well, there's there's your answer, Alejandro. And um, I don't know, maybe do do audience pe- uh, people vote for that or is it all judged by NPR? I think it's all judged by NPR. OK, well, Alejandro, if she's up again, you should call NPR and tell them you're going to drop your membership if they don't give her the prize. OK, <laughs> um, Mehmed in Austin wants to know if you've ever played at South by Southwest. I have done a bunch of little indie showcases at South by and I think one officially sanctioned event, but yeah, I've been there, I think four times. I just was out there a couple, like two weeks ago. Wow. That was. Okay. And, and here's one from Braxton in Dallas. who's obviously been following you because he wants to know, do you sell your coloring books separately? Yes, I do. I have them up on Bandcamp, gailskidmore.bandcamp.com, and I sell them separately. So. Okay, you hear that, uh, Braxton, and everybody out there. It's not where you normally look for books, but go to Bandcamp, find her on Bandcamp, and you can, you, and well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that. I would have looked for them on, on, on Amazon or something. Um, well, let's, let's play uh, – a song about memories, but but these aren't about ghosts. This is uh, Hourglass. I remember when we were young When everything had just begun Our hopes were in the sky Our heads held high That's about childhood uh, with your grandparents. Uh, it's nostalgic, but but as you sing in the lyrics, I remember when life was new. Um, it's the pleasure of nostalgia, not the pain. Uh, how, how did that song find its way into this album? Well, this album was about moving forward and kind of cleansing from the past. But some of those, I think that you know, happy memories can be a kind of pain in their own and there are places and people in our lives that we hang on to that we want to get back to and you kind of know it's never going to be quite the same when you go back to them and um, I wrote that about just longing for that time in my past and so I really felt like this song fit on the album because it's something that I kind of I can hang on to in a certain way but I had to let it go in this negative way of like just that ache for those times, not place, I've wanted to hang on to it in a way that was more positive. So that was about time up in Puget Sound with my family and just wishing for that time. And I actually lost my grandpa two weeks before my wedding. So Ooh. it has become even more poignant for me to have that on the record. You know, as I told you earlier, that uh, we have a saying around here that uh, lyrics aren't dead. We just call them poetry now. And I think you just explained why. Um <laughs> The the you said earlier that the album became more than you intended. You actually had started to do an EP and it just kept growing, um, which may be why it took you a year and four cities and four producers. But um, you've recorded so so much that that you must have the craft of creating albums down so well that that you know how to pl- you have a plan and you know how to accomplish it. And I wonder, given what you've said, um, if this album didn't experience mission creep as the, the like it did uh, 
because it was always there to start with? Yeah, I think that might be. I mean, working with my friend Brandon O'Connell here in San Diego um, just really felt like it was like meant to be for the record. Um, he and I have been doing commercial music together. I mean, I, I'm a session artist mostly, but I have done some writing. We, over the last couple of years, have learned to work really well together. And I always thought I wanted to record an album with him, but I didn't ever have the opportunity. And since this album ended up the way it did, I ended up going to Brandon for the last bit of the record. And it was so fun. And I just felt like he brought this extra element to the record that should have always been there. So I, I definitely agree that it was, it was meant to be. We've got uh, a, a number of uh, emails here asking you if, um, if a, if you're in the United States permanently and you're not, you just said you, you live in Amsterdam, but B, if you're touring while you, while you're here. Yes, I just am at the very end of my tour. I have one big show left at the Casbah on Tuesday in San Diego, and it's an album pre-release tour. So it's a chance to get the vinyl and coloring book before it comes out on April 7th. But I, I will be going back to Amsterdam right after that on the 9th, and then I'll be touring around and doing like record store day and the Netherlands while I'm there doing a couple of record stores and then I'll be touring around Europe and then I'll be back to the States in the fall. So you can find out about that on my website and um, join a mailing list. If you don't have commitment issues. Okay. All right. So remember everybody, all my, my listeners down in San Diego, including all my in-laws down there, um, you're going to be at the Casbah Tuesday night. And that will be a pre-release party for your album. We just got an email in from Smash in Hollywood, and he wants to know, what's the difference between touring in Europe and touring in the United States? Interesting. um, (laughs) There's many differences. Um, I really love touring over here. And, you know, there's a lot of places in the States that are really special to me. I think for me personally, and I know for several other artists that I know, it's been a little bit more supportive in the last couple of years in Europe as far as listening rooms go. Um, it's a little bit more consistent for me to find places where people are there just specifically to listen to the music. I mean, as opposed to like going there to be a part of a scene or something like that, you know, to kind you know, of socialize. It's like about the, I know about it, the music. I know what you mean. And uh, of course, Los Angeles lost one of its major uh, listening rooms when um, the Wits Inn closed in Venice. But uh, we still have a few, the Hotel Cafe Mm -hmm. being particularly the new small room at the Hotel Cafe, which is set up just to be a listening room. So yeah, very much uh, to to, if you ever play there. um, I'll be sure to be there. Um, You had mentioned uh, your your coloring books, uh, and uh, they're available on Bandcamp. But this Tell us about the new coloring book and, and uh, um, where people should go to get it, and, and do you plan have bigger plans for it? I have lots of plans for it. This one was really exciting for me because I won a grant to be able to do it, and so I got to do a bit more with it. Um, being independent, I don't always get to do things on the scale that I would like, so this one was really fun. I got to make it a bigger book and a longer book, and... I initially started doing the coloring books because I'm a lyrics person. I think they're important. And I always liked looking in the lyrics of albums that I would get. But then I found that I didn't really have anything to do with them. I'm like, okay, I have this little square folded piece of paper. (laughs) and I'm going to look at it like once or twice and then, I don't know, throw it away, recycle it. So I really wanted to find a way to have my album be more interactive and have people be able to do something with it. So I like to paint when I listen to an album or draw or something. And I thought that would be fun for people who like my music to be able to kind of have a whole cathartic experience listening to the record, not just relaxing, listening to music, but also painting or drawing. So I did the coloring books and now that's become a big thing. I like to think I started it. Ha ha. Um, that I'm hoping to find another publisher for the book and get it out there, like kind of expose people to my art and my music in another avenue, like just bookstores if I can. Well, I I certainly uh, wish you great luck on that. I would look forward to it. And in the meantime, uh, go to your page on, on Bandcamp and, and take a look at them. 
Well, we have, we're have we almost out of time, but we do have time for one more song, and I wanted to, to end with a, a song that's, that's kind of different than the other ones. This is Honey Bee. to let the bee buzz around among the other songs and make people smile? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always kind of found it difficult to write upbeat, happy songs because I think a lot of them are cheesy and maybe that one's a little cheesy too, but I hope it's in a good way. But I just I wrote it in Santa Barbara and it just made me really happy. So I wanted it on the record because it felt like it fit somehow. Is, is the bee going to be in a coloring book? Um, there is a picture for that, but it's actually not a bee. <laughs> it's a heron, and there's a long story about that. So. Which, unfortunately, we don't have time for right now, no. but it sounds like we're going to have to back, have you back on just so we can find out how a bee becomes a heron. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, there's a um, producer buzzing around me right now with a clock, so we are going to have to say goodbye. Um, uh, you're going to be in the States um until at least Tuesday, because you have a show on April 4th at the Casbah in uh, San Diego. And once again, that's a, an album release show. Where's the best place for people to get your music? Um, I'm all over the place. Bandcamp, I think I have 16 albums. I mean, I'm on iTunes and all that stuff. But if you want the older stuff, it's on Bandcamp. Scaleskidmore.bandcamp.com. Okay. And you can also be streamed on Spotify. But uh, as I always tell people, it's best to buy your music. And if they do, they get the coloring books, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Gail Skidmore, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be with us today and uh, for bringing us the wonderful music, the, the music that, that that's, has all, that's on all those lines that, that covers so many wonderful things. I just uh, really appreciate it. And I want to recommend everybody to go and at least listen to you on, um, on Spotify. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan uh, and, and, his, and his cold and stuffed up nose. Um, we're coming to you from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, uh, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter feeds and get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our wonderful intern, who now has her own radio show, is Angeline Sorano. You can download this and every other Music Friday program at blogtalkradio.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Tune in next week. Next week, we're going to talk with Gerard Faber and Lauren Ruth Ward. That's going to be a very interesting show. So check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll keep you updated on our guests. You may have surprise guests like we did, we did today when Allison Arrieta dropped in on us. And in the meantime, have a great musical weekend, and we're going to leave you with a little bit more of Honeybee.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.